Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, your one-stop spot for all things geek culture. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and uh, I'm back in the studio, uh, but all alone <laughs> this week. Apparently, I forgot the memo that we weren't going to be uh, meeting in the studio this week, or maybe it's just my continued hope in dark times to actually do like a real show in a real studio again. But uh, oh, that's a good theme wow. for this week, because <laughs> new hope yeah, in dark times... We're not a real show. Uh, not taking hugs, man. <laughs> I've learned anything this week. It's got you got to be ready to hold it down for years at a time on your own in a cave someplace yes. somewhere on a sand planet. So True. we are going to be talking about the new Star Wars series, Obi-Wan, today. We are also going to be getting into Stranger Things 4. It's also a big content-heavy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I think we've gotten to see, or at least I have gotten to see Top Gun, so I have thoughts on that i'm going yes. to share we have a new wrestling pay-per-view event that matt's going to break down for us at the end of the show we have new comics and like i said we have some big things happening on the tv screen but up first we got to visit some news and uh break out some things so uh my co-hosts matthew aguilar and janelle wheeler are with me and uh let's get to it matt let's talk about blue beetle so in a week where there's a lot of huge things kind of happening, you know, a lot of legacy stuff with Obi-Wan and Top Gun, plus, you know, Stranger Things bring coming back with that. You know, it's funny that one thing that made major headlines was, of course, DC's Blue Beetle. Most times I will say it's probably safe to say that most times when a costume is revealed or when you get a first photo, it's kind of like that divisive reaction. Sometimes some people love it. Some people don't. Well, why isn't it closer to this? I think this is one of the first ones in like forever that I have seen universally praised <laughs> upon seeing first looks at something. Uh, we got a first look at actual beetle in the costume, in the suit during kind of an action sequence. And then if you explored the internet further, you saw like video and stuff like that of it in action. And, uh, Oh my God, this, the suit looks so good. And I cannot wait to see more of this. Like, it's one of those things, man. First impression means everything, right? And like our first impression technically is concept art because it's not official. <laughs> this is not like by the studio, but what a, what a way to like knock everyone's socks off. Like, I feel like people are so much more hyped now for this after seeing this little taste, which, you know, goes to show that the uh, whole Spider-Man leaking marketing campaign can actually work, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm pumped. I know nothing about Blue Beetle. Nothing. Uh, and after seeing this costume, and honestly, one of my favorite parts about this was just listening to other people's reactions, like what they had to say about it, like all the big comic book readers who like love this character. They're, they're just so satisfied with this costume. And it's so nice that like casual viewers and also like the OGs, the comic book lovers are kind of united on something for once. <laughs> Kind of great. That's very true. You know, very, yeah. You got to you got to appreciate it when you get it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Blue Beetle looks great. Um, yeah, I was surprised by how well that translated Oof. on screen, and, and a lot of it looks kind of practical. Which yeah. is, you know, as we do all debate Thor and its CGI helmets, that was a kind of a nice <laughs> change of pace to see something that looked tactile, real, and just kind of well-designed and looked comic accurate and kind of just nailed it on all fronts in that way. So yeah, Blue Beetles kind of, I mean, these kind of small, what we thought were like these smaller DC movies like Batgirl and Blue Beetle are kind of gaining steam really quickly, at least with me. So it was yeah. good to see that. And like you, like we said, it's good to see, especially on the DC front, just people united in a positive opinion for once. Yeah. yeah so. We need to get into Amen. some Blue Beetle here. I believe I'll, I'll, uh, I would I'll love work that. some Blue Beetle into the mix. Let's not I go know overboard. That, like, Let's get the movie first. Everybody chill yeah. out. Chill out. Let's get the movie <laughs> well, I know first. it's like Alien. It's hey, really cool because we've got the Scarab situation, awesome. Alien stuff. And yeah. Well, I mean, Blue, Blue, Blue Beetle took a win and a loss this week. Let's be fair. Uh, the costume was a hit. 
But we found out Jason Sudeikis isn't really in it as, you know, and everybody wanted him to be our Ted Cord or something. So uh, that was kind of a loss. So, you know, that's we're not, that's a right. loss in as much as Mephisto wasn't in WandaVision is a loss. That's I'm not I don't like bank on theories. <laughs> OK, I don't imagine big things happening and then I'm disappointed when they don't. That's mm-hmm. just like, I'm sorry, I'm not taking that as a loss. <laughs> No, I mean, but some people were really kind of hoping for that. That's great. I mean, I would definitely hope for Jason to do this. And I hope for $10 million to fall out of the sky, but I'm not going to blame everybody. Now you're just being cynical. So we're going to move on. Uh, (laughs) Being realistic. Your hopes are not everybody's hopes. Thank God. So moving right along to something we can uh, maybe agree with, because somehow we turn that into a debate. Uh, Miss Marvel reactions. So people were asking in the comments. uh, Yes, some of us have seen Miss Marvel. I've seen it. Matt has seen it. The first two episodes. The reactions are out and uh i put mine out on twitter um i was the biggest skeptic in the comic book office about miss marvel i did not see anything in the trailers that really spoke to me or made me mm-hmm. feel like this series was going to have that marvel appeal for me i i mean i'm and i'm behind marvel ya i love runaways i loved cloak and dagger yes um, i'm not against marvel ya so but i didn't think like i couldn't i just couldn't feel it like the powers change and all that stuff with Kamala Khan. It, it was a little, I was a little trepidatious to say the least to use a big word. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had to eat crow and I never feel bad about eating crow. Like I'm not like the rest of like 98% of social media and the internet these days. If I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong and I'll be glad. And cause I mean, this is why it's great business. I'm never disappointed and only pleasantly surprised. So Miss Marvel is another case of that because, yeah, it was really good. I can't get into a deep review yet, but I think my reaction is that this, I, I even I, who have been critical of Phase 4 a lot, have said that Marvel's still killing it when it comes to introducing new characters, and they kill it here. Kamala Khan is really charming. Uh, Imani, uh, I don't want to butcher her name because I'm not, I don't have it in front of me. But uh, this is a newcomer actress, Imani Imani Vilani. Vilani, yes, Iman Vilani. And uh, I mean, she anchors this show. She kills it as a breakout performer. Uh, She has like the charm and just the likability to make you really kind of believe this version of Kamala, who's a super fangirl, almost like Scott Pilgrim-ish. And uh, all of that effect really works. uh, I don't even like Scott Pilgrim. I was the biggest, please get this out of my face when everybody was like falling over themselves and, you know, stroking each other about this. But no, like I'm not a Pilgrim fan, but this does that in a much better way while creating a real world and culture like of Muslim culture, Muslim American teenager and what world she occupies in a very distinct, respectful and fun and entertaining and even eye opening kind of way. I don't think we're going to ever see a Middle Eastern or Muslim character kind of give this much access to their lives in a way that will be engaging to this big of a mainstream audience. And Marvel nails that part of it. And then when you get into the superpowers and the superhero part, uh, yeah, like I said, Iman is very good and so charming as this fangirl trying to embody a real superhero that it's awesome. So yeah, Ms. Marvel, my biggest pleasant surprise since Hawkeye. So uh, that's me. That's awesome. Uh, quick question. Are they going to be releasing it the way that you guys saw it with two episodes? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I haven't heard about a two do episode premiere. that that's going to be a detriment or do you think that like it's it, it will be enjoyed just as much just with one episode coming out? Speaking for myself, both episodes are well paced enough to leave you saying, oh, my God. And if this was a binge watch to click through to like you'd be on episode three yeah. easily. Oh, cool. For click because they nail the pacing because the endings of each episode are just juicy enough. They're complete, but juicy enough to get you right into the next episode. So, is the teenage and I'm waiting for annoying? (laughs) Like, is it good for people like older generations? Will they kind of still? like it because sometimes angsty stuff you may not recognize it because it's a very different modern time and this is jersey city like you know this is a very different kind of place if you know anything about like that part of new jersey new york and you know anything very diverse place so it's a very different version of this but it's still and i said this in my tweet it still nails if you've ever been a teenager or are a teenager this you will be able to relate to this well it's funny that we watch stranger things in the same week that I saw this because they're two very different takes on 
like growing up and, and teenage life and, and those kinds of things. And, and I liked both, but for, for different reasons. Um, I think unlike Halo, where I felt like you needed those first two episodes to really get someone launched into the series and then Moon Knight kind of flipped that a little bit. But I felt like even that could have probably benefited from having two episodes. I think this one is is pretty solid right off the bat with just one. I think this one does a great job of introducing you to a dynamic that you have a family dynamic, uh, more importantly, because family is like a huge part of Kamala's life in the comics. And it's not something that is forced. It's just something that is natural. And for any of us um, who are close to our families, right, and have kind of a similar where everyone, there's just this familiarity and everyone still kind of lives around each other. And there's just some things that like call back to certain cultures. And I think that's just really appreciated in the comics. And they nail that here. There's such a fun family dynamic. She doesn't have to even leave the house for it to be entertaining yeah. and for you her to parents see relationships are really fun. her brother's really fun yeah and like yeah, i love her dad it. and like her mom there's there's a great there's some great stuff in the first episode that again it sets a really great tone and it sets a consistent tone and it's a tone that fans of the comics will really appreciate as kofi said iman is fantastic like there there are oh, castings wow. you know we always we always go back to like rdj Right. And Iron Man, I would say like Tom Holland has fit that spot with Peter Parker, where you identify them with a character. She is like the character stepped out of the books. She's so charming and fun. And there's just like little beats that are funny because not necessarily because like, oh, they're trying to be funny, but they're funny just because of her natural timing Aww. and charisma. Yeah. Her expressions, um, mannerisms, and she has a yeah. lot of wit and timing. Like. Yeah, it's so good. Also, if you're not so, I, I always love the, I mean, everyone knows coming in that Kamala is a huge, giant Captain Marvel fan. That's that's part of her character. And yeah. they build that in, they address it pretty much right off the bat, but they, they build that into kind of the, intro sequence so well i can't wait for like fans to see that and and you know i just love they just went all in on that and as far as kofi said like there are i kind of approach now i feel like moon knight changed a little bit of how i approach an mcu thing now so as before where i would kind of come in with a comic critical eye and go okay well that's i wonder why they changed that or i wonder why they did this i i tend to now accept some changes as like okay this is this is their take and i'm going to try and kind of accept it for what it is and and kind of separate it a little bit from what the comics did Mm -hmm. and i learned that from moon knight because moon knight made me kind of i still love moon knight as a show as a series but i kind of also had to detach myself from like my idea of what moon knight is supposed to be because i'm so informed by years and years of comics so I still appreciate both, but I've had to kind of learn that over time and, and separate that. And so like here with the powers and stuff like that, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of do the same thing. Yes, it's not necessarily what I am know and am familiar with, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy it as much. And I need to kind of look at it as its own thing. That doesn't mean they can't do anything wrong, but I'm just saying like, I'm trying to kind of take that little bit of like comic nitpickiness <laughs> out of it a bit. So I really enjoyed it, man. I was, I was sold. Uh, I mean, I was sold coming in. Uh, no lie. There's no, you know, uh, getting around the, the bias there a little bit, <laughs> but I'm, I'm super stoked for others to see it. She did. I mean, I think Matt liked the first episode because there is much more helmet work. And I think that had a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. That's just speculation. So yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot about Miss Marvel in the coming weeks. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the, larger Marvel fandom thinks, but uh, I mean, I was sold and I was very much not on board for a lot of this. So maybe there's hope for everyone. All right. So moving on to our first deep dive topic of today, we're going to talk about stranger things Four. I flipped the order a little bit. We're going to talk about stranger things Four because I don't think a lot of us are as deep into that. So this is a good one to put up at the front of the show because it's not, we can do this without being so spoilery because Mm -hmm. yeah, we're just now getting into this. There's a lot of what to watch this week, y'all. And so, yeah, I think we're just going to talk about the first episode because I think has everybody gotten through that? Like at least the first one. Yes. First Mm -hmm. episode I'm through. All right. So there we go. That's an easy one. So we're just going to talk about, our impressions of stranger things season four based on the first episode. And we're going to try to keep this spoiler free. So cool. there's the challenge. Um, 
yeah, Matt put it, nailed it, hit the nail on the head by saying it's weird that I kind of experienced Ms. Marvel and Stranger Things for in the same week because both are kind of about, you know, growing up, coming of age, trying to embrace your power and your identity as a teenager growing into adulthood. But from two very different angles, Stranger Things is obviously like this throwback vintage stuff while, you know, Ms. Marvel deals with modern times. But even so, um, I feel like there was just something fresh and new about Ms. Marvel's energy. And I feel like Stranger Things kind of feels so far, at least so far, kind of like it's stuck in that pre-pandemic era. Like, you know, from two years ago when this was like the hottest show around and we were all chopping at the bit for more Stranger Things and all of that. Or, yeah. And what was it, 2020 or 2021 we got the last season? Anybody remember? That was 2020. 2020. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was 2019. Yeah, now I look <laughs> Honestly. No, it was 2020. <laughs> it was um, like a long right, time so, ago. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it, the first episode's really kind of a slow burn. I, I think by the end of it, it's clear things are going to seriously get moving into gear a little bit. But it, it's mostly just kind of like recap. Like, hey, here's Hawkins. Here's what happened. Here's where everybody's at right now. And that's like most of the first episode. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh my God. It was and 2018. What's that? 20 Stranger Things 3. Season 3 was in 2019. I said It was 2019. Oh, it. man. Okay. Good Lord. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, there you go. There you have it. And... Yeah, it, it just it, it feels like it's age. It's weird. I mean, the kids look like they've become they're like in, you know, they're basically just still playing an old role and they look so grown now. They're like, yeah, man, all this young, young I mean, kid. I old when I was in high school. high school. I was um, dyeing my hair and wearing makeup and I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a completely reaction i yeah, love I mean, this episode i loved the start of it um the only thing that really yeah. drove me crazy was the whole asmr like opening scene sequence that was just making me want to like punch my ipad because i hate asmr but that's just a me thing <laughs> i literally dedicated like five minutes to like an asmr intro anyways beyond that like i like I the way that they're kind of slowly introducing where everyone is at right now because I forgot. I, I don't know. I have no idea where 11... Like, why people are not... in. The, I'm trying not to spoil. Why people aren't, like, going to the same school. Mm, no. I f forgot all of that. So, for me, like, the slow burn of kind of coming to understand, like, where they are right now, who's with who, like, the problems of long distance, and then the intrigue of what happened to some of our favorite characters that, you know, they are also some of our other characters trying to figure out, Woo! <laughs> trying not to spoil. Um, but I liked it. I really enjoyed it. And I, I just think it's beautifully shot. And so I kind of forgive like, Oh, there's no huge action sequence or anything. Like it, it's, it was just, I don't know. It was very intriguing to me and it was a nice change of pace. Like I literally watched, Obi-Wan and Stranger Things and there was no like oh my god this one is so much better than the other I just loved mm -hmm. them both for what they were and that's just that was my perspective yeah no I I agree with Janelle by the way kudos to the recap people oh. for both Obi-Wan yes. and Stranger Things oh my Things. god that was spectacular you have to watch them like unless mm -hmm. you're just like you rewatched everything in a remotely time or you're just a well of particular knowledge on either one yeah but like for me been talking about this like can't remember like and i'm just sitting here staring at the screen like yeah there are they don't make it a secret on catching you up on featurettes and trailers and recaps those things are out there if you use this thing called the internet guys it's it's all out there yes yes <laughs> but uh, there are other things <laughs> taking attention away as you so eloquently put earlier in the show so I, i'm not gonna do that on stranger things <laughs> i'm not gonna do that on stranger things it was been a minute it's 2019 it's okay. But the recap is supremely well done. So, I mean, I will just say like, those are well done. That said, I do think to appreciate, like Janelle was saying, to appreciate Stranger Things season four in a, I would have preferred to have gone back and probably rewatched the last season. Like oh, yeah. if I just had like an endless well of time, I would go back and watch the whole third season again. So I could really like be moving in with momentum into this. But even without that, 
I really enjoyed this. I, I kind of came away. And now granted, look, I'm a, I'm a tabletop nerd. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons has always been <laughs> fun to me. That is a like huge part of kind of the opening episode. So of course, like I'm going to probably like that and enjoy that a little bit, but even without that, I still thought I was riveted by some of the stuff going on. And you know, it's, it's also kind of a hard episode to watch. Uh, at certain oh, yes. points so even you know not even just from things that happen but also just like people and their actions and things like that so i, I enjoyed it i i made me want to keep watching and ultimately that's the point of a premiere episode right is to, is to hook you for the next thing and that is something that it did so I'm, I'm, I'm in i'm in i do agree with kofi though it is kind of we are getting to the point of like i am glad this is the final like the next chapter will be the final chapter because we are getting to the point where I'm starting to try and suspend <laughs> disbelief that like these people are in high school. <laughs> we are starting to get there. It's like, okay, that guy, like who's driving now? And you're kind of wondering like, why isn't he, why does he have a job? And he, anyway, there's a lot True. of that stuff. So I agree. I think it is time to close the book on it soon. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I hard disagree. I think this is, I think like so many other Netflix series, this is one of diminishing returns. And I think the novelty of the upside down and the mystery of it and the mystery of the horror is always going to be more thrilling than having a walking, talking mind, you know, villain. Now I, I think it is a game of diminishing returns, but uh, I'm not going to fight. I'm not dying on this hill because I know people are going to go stranger things nuts for the brief period of time before everybody forgets it again. So I'm just going to ride that wave out. Binge too. Like I was going to ask you, how do you guys feel about them releasing all the episodes? Because for me, I I don't pay attention as much. Like if they put them all out, I just kind of throw it on my iPad and I do laundry. But if it's week to week, then I actually sit down and watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think this is a weird kind of loaded argument because okay, people yeah. always structure it as if the binge model forces you to watch everything yeah. at once <laughs> when it really doesn't it's just there and you could watch it weekly if you Truly. wanted to there's really nothing pulling you to to binge it so uh, yeah i mean i think i think <clears throat> that's it i was a defender of binge i think weekly for discussion and hype and the real measurement of success this days which is, of course, social media buzz for all that's worth, is you can only achieve that really, unless your show is super strong, you can only achieve that for weekly releases. So it's harder to sustain the buzz but because um, it comes and goes. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We will see. We will see. All right. Uh, I think we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we are going to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first two episodes, some of the things we heard at Star Wars Celebration so far. And then we have uh, some personal selections we're going to get to, new comics, and a preview of the next big pay-per-view event in wrestling. Stay tuned for all of that. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. In our episode, we have just broken down the first episode of Stranger Things Season 4, which is now out, and talked about our first reactions to Ms. Marvel. Now we are moving on to our big topic of the week, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new Star Wars TV series, which is streaming its first two episodes on Disney+. Plus As we speak, Disney dropped them early, which was a big help. Uh, for getting some of this stuff watched and covered. 
Obi-Wan is now out. Um, I did the review for comicbook.com on this. And basically my take was that it's a, it's a mixed bag for me. Uh, I think that the first part of this first episode and most of the first episode is exactly what I signed up for, which is this kind of bridge story between the Alec Guinness era of a new hope and that Obi-Wan Kenobi who finally emerges and can allow some hope in his heart and get Luke started on this journey. He's been waiting to put him on. And you know, the Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan from revenge of the Sith who had his duel with Anakin and then, you know, has to take the hard loss of, knowing the Jedi have fallen and going into hiding and watching Luke. And so this was supposed to be kind of like an even showrunner Deborah Chow said it like a Logan style show about, you know, a, a hero whose latter years aren't happy. It's not a better world. Like he's, but he's trying to kind of keep the faith and help some kid and do all that. And you get the parallels, right? And while that was going on, I was really entertained because I could watch Ewan McGregor in a pile of sand for hours doing stuff and be just as happy. And that was great. And there is a scene and we are going to get into kind of spoilers for this show, but um, we'll try to keep them mild because I know people are still seeing it on the live stream. But there's a scene that's in the trailers about, you know, with that involves Inquisitors and Uncle Owen, Joel Edgerton in a marketplace and you know the inquisitors hunting jedi and that stuff as you can see on the screen as we're talking is really intense and really awesome and and was kind of the promise of what this series put forth that said now how to do this without spoiling too much there is an emerging pattern in these star wars tv shows now since uh book of boba fett especially where there is a kind of bait and switch where we sign up for a show titled after one character, but we begin to spend a lot more time or significant time following one or different sets of characters. And Obi-Wan is no different. Um, I think people should be prepared for that. I think people should be prepared that there is a kind of point of view shift and is necessary to bring the larger story and get it going. But it, it was a little, it threw me at first. And then I was just like, okay, but you know, I'm a lover of Star Wars lore. But by the end of the second episode, I was just kind of like, hmm, I don't know if this is exactly what I signed up for. There are some things that happen within continuity, like a character death. That's such a weird turn of continuity. And I, I think I left the second episode feeling kind of, uncertain like i'm i'm uncertain about this uh the end of episode two really does stuff again to get you into this in a heavy way they they start getting things in gear by the end of episode two to really make you sit up take notice and care but yeah i think the second episode was a little little tedious for me it was a little concerning about whether i was going to be able to kind of continue to have faith in this show like i did and um yeah i think it's also a mixed bag in the cast. I think there are some great performances like Ewan McGregor. Like I said, him in the sand, just being solid and trying to deal with that is, is great. There are also some other performances in this show, even from major characters that are less than great. And it is kind of problematic. Uh, yeah, there are several who are supposed to be like major supporting characters in this who don't feel like it's supporting very much. But then there's other returns from like, you know, past Star Wars. So there's some fun surprise cameos or not even surprise cameos, but just cameos that really work. And seeing some veteran actors of the Star Wars franchise come back and do their thing is great. And they kill it. So it's kind of a mixed bag for Obi-Wan. And I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of disappointed in that. I, I mean, I stayed up all night doing this. So there's that. But I thought this one would be the easy one, the sure shot to kind of get right. And I'm getting concerned as a larger whole about what if Star Wars TV is getting that Marvel phase one problem, that Iron Man two problem where we were doing character stories and now we're doing universe stories. And it's just like now we're doing entire universe retcon stories and, and like you are making a thing that's already complicated, pretty complicated when this one seemed like it should be kind of simplistic. Like we say about good comic books, this one seemed pretty simple. Crisis, you know, test of faith, you know, maintain in dark times, something calls you away. It should have been an easy why you have to go to settle some things for your past so you can truly be settled in this time that you're going to have to be hermiting and stuff. But 
yeah, they've gone in a different direction and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but that's me. Janelle. Uh, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like I, my head's going to explode because I don't see things until Kofi or someone kind of, brings it into play. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think I was so caught up and in love with episode one that I just kind of forgave episode two. And, and I'm hoping that episode three will kind of bring me back. But I just, the recap was unbelievable, which what you said, Matt, that it, it immediately grabbed me. I was so sucked in. Um, this is someone who's coming. I, I don't really like those Star Wars films very much. It's not that. It just it, it, it was just... It hit me in a different time in my life when I wasn't really into Star Wars. Um, the recap was so well done that it made me go, holy smokes, I love this and I want to go rewatch all these films. Um, maybe love Padme and the whole thing. I was just kind of like, oh, dang, like this was quality content. <laughs> um, and so going into the first episode coming off of that recap, I was fired up. I was ready. Um, and I love Ewan McGregor. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. So just seeing him makes me so happy. Um, but I, I kind of... It is hard to see Obi-Wan not be a, a badass Jedi. Like that is very difficult for me. And I didn't really love seeing that. Like I wanted him to just be great. Like he still had it. And seeing him not like that actually kind of turned me off. Like it kind of frustrated me. And I don't know if I like this, like I'm going to get stronger or I'm going to get better. I'm going to go back to my Jedi way. I don't know if I like that format yet. I, I'm going to give it time. but. The first episode was spectacular for me. Like I loved it. Episode two, now that I think about it, you're right. It kind of, the, the sparkle dimmed a little bit for me. Yeah, I remember us having kind of, I don't remember if it was us specifically, but I remember there being a conversation about this kind of format with The Matrix when uh, that came back and, you know, everyone was so excited to see Neo just like yeah. light up people. And it was like, no, most of the movies <laughs> he's trying to get yeah. that back, you know? And, and so I, I can see why some, some people definitely be like, eh, you know, and I'm kind of mixed on it. I, I'm, I agree with, with both of you in a sense that like episode two was clearly not as strong as episode one. I came away from episode one, actually really excited because this was to, and everyone knows is watching the show. I was not hyped for Obi-Wan, I thought it looked fine. Like when it was first announced, I was like, well, okay, like, do I, do I need another Obi-Wan series? No. Or do I need an Obi-Wan series to explore that pocket? No, but it's Ewan McGregor. I like the character, cool. Like, I'll give it a shot. And then the trailer came out. I was like, oh, that's a good trailer. Like it was a good trailer. And so I was kind of, I was about here going into it. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, I'm in. This is, this is great because as we've seen with The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and you can just say Star Wars in general. For me, I need something to balance out the, oh my God, I'm a Jedi. I doubt myself. Blah, 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 blah. I need something else to kind of <laughs> balance that out. And so in Mandalorian, right? Like, you know, Mando's having his conflicts and things like that, but you have Kroger. And then in Boba Fett, like you have like Fennec and you have all these other characters kind of balancing that out of his own journey, right? So here we get that. And I'm not going to go into spoilers, obviously, but we have that. And that's like a critical part of the story. And there are characters that you meet. And I was like, oh, that's great. I, I love that. So for me, that's why episode one kind of shined for me. And then episode two, it was just not, I, I liked episode two. It just wasn't as strong as episode one. But I kind of okay with the bait and switch because, you know, I was like, it, I like the straightforward aspects of what we thought this was about from the trailers, but I can't say I was just like over the moon about it. So throwing some other stuff in to kind of shake things up, I'm, I'm cool with it. Doesn't, it doesn't hit me as hard. But again, I'm also not like the hardest of core Star Wars fans and know all the lore and things like that. You know what I mean? So yes, I come same. at it from a different perspective. Absolutely. But overall, like I'm pumped about. Yeah, I like it. About yeah, it. it was good. I will say like of all the Star Wars content, I mean, I've been so loving the Disney Plus releases. Like I like pleasantly surprised over and over and over again as someone who is not a hardcore Star Wars fan. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's talk about some things that happened at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we got the first trailer for the Rogue One kind of tie-in series, Andor, which will follow a Cassian Andor, Diego Luna, and tell more of his kind of backstory of how he became a rebel spy and, you know, one of the best, but also kind of most morally compromised rebel spies that we kind of saw his culmination of his story and Rogue One. And, you know, that was his motivation for going on that suicide mission because he needed all the dirt he had done to get here to be worth it. And so we're going to start to see that. We also learned that, you know, there will be 12 episodes in this first season and there will be 12 more episodes of a second season. And this will cover kind of an earlier part of Andor's life. And the second season will cover four years of his life leading right up to the very beginning of Rogue One. And so it will come back and connect back. And so we're going to get like a full on Cassian Andor saga in this whole thing, which is a funny choice for all the Star Wars characters to do. But uh, I mean, good for him because uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Rogue One and Cassian Andor. And this trailer was one of the best trailers I think we've seen in Star Wars in a long time. Trailer, it was yeah. just very kind of somber and it really is a story about i think a deeper story about class and you know what happens to different people as the empire kind of rolls over like the politics you know yeah the politics of it all the in that's interesting to me because it is never a, a kind of black and white kind of day day one you know this yesterday and then today it's not like an empire just rises and i think i am right now favoring the kind of rise of the empire era of the star wars timeline where you get like solo and the bad batch and now kenobi because it gives you a deeper look and understanding of how an empire kind of rolls out over an entire galaxy and slowly but surely does it not with just pure evil, but that Sith kind of tricking people and deceiving people and making them believe this is good for you and doing all these kind of games to kind of secure an empire is interesting to me. It's why I watch crap like Game of Thrones. So, you know, I think that part of it will be very interesting because Andor is going to go real ground level with that to show within a population of people, you know, who rolls over and is scared, who kind of sides with the empire and who begins to fight back and start what will become the rebellion. And so I'm looking forward to that. I think that's I'm, different for Star Wars and it's going to be exciting. And there's espionage, so it's be cool. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you kind of explained it to me because um, I watched it right before we started the show, having no idea who Andor is or what it, I did. Is that a place? Like I, I had no idea. And I will say not knowing anything and then trying to cold watch this trailer. I, I had no idea if we were talking about a person, a play. Like I was still lost. So that's my, that's on me. I need to do my research and like know what I'm watching, but you clarified it so well and you actually built the hype so much more for me. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch the trailer again. Got to give it up to uh, uh, Black Panther who said, interested to see which show will be the first to introduce Dr. Afro. Yes, please. Yes, which, I actually know Dr. Yeah. Which show is that going to be? Can't wait. Um, I, <laughs> I agree with Kofi as far as like, it was always kind of an odd choice. Like, I love that movie, but I was just kind of like, really? Like, Andor is going to be the one to get his own show? And then I I think it was Damon in here who said, like, he was at a 2 out of 10 before the trailer. And then the trailer hit, and he was, like, at a at 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10. And I'm the same way. Like, that's a great trailer. I, I don't know how I feel about the series when it hits and when I actually get to watch full episodes. But from just a reaction to a trailer... It got it got me far more interested than I was before, and you know I love that uh, I love that movie. So any any really any characters from it, I'll follow at least give it a shot. So I'm hyped. It's good. Let's go. All right. So well, now we know some Andor details. We got some Mandalorian season three details. It'll be back in February 2023, and there was a kind of sizzle reel shown. And the big takeaway from the sizzle reel is it sets up a kind of rivalry between Mando and Bo-Katan Kreese with Baby Yoda kind of caught in the middle. Um, there's a lot of talk because as of course, Book of Boba Fett, Baby Yoda chose to go the way of the Mandalore and not the way of the Jedi. 
But uh, there's a big kind of tension after Mando won the Darksaber from Moff Gideon. Bo-Katan wants that respect back. And the key to reestablishing Mandalore as the home world of the Mandalorians and getting the planet back together uh, comes down to who holds the Darksaber. And so there's going to be some tensions there. There are going to be some tensions. And poor baby Yoda's got to figure out that swearing to the way of the Mandalore ain't quite the way of swearing to Jin Jardin, you know, Din Jarin. It's not the same thing. So going to be interesting to see some uh mandalorian season three civil war is going to yeah. be kind of cool and i'm and i'm here for it uh ahsoka won't be here till 2023 don't get your hopes up but they're starting production on that but we won't get that till uh 2023 and uh i don't know was anybody excited for skeleton crew was that in anybody's star wars <laughs> celebration bingo card cool name Jude Law, a cool skeleton name. crew i mean i feel like it could be about like smugglers or something like that i don't know I didn't look at the details. I was just like, this is what we got. We canceled Riverdale for this. No, I'm sure. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I love you, Law. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got some oh, modest God. updates from Celebration. Still going on. <laughs> We're going to see what happens over the weekend, but this show is only on Friday, so that's all we got for Thursday for you. <laughs> and that's uh, Star Wars and Obi-Wan. Matt has been itching to tell you about something, so why don't you go in? Did they, okay, so first question: Did anyone else watch? Oh yes! Yeah, oh yes! Okay. Of course, you so, sold me. Oh my god! I feel like there. I probably did a disservice to everything else I watched after this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I honestly, this. it was so good. I had to watch it a couple parts because, like, I was just trying to make times work for things. But like, all I could think about in the time between was, oh my god, I got to go finish this movie. It's so. I don't know how they pulled off half of like the cameos and not even the cameos, but like the actual story spots for this. I don't know if we want to get into full spoilers, but everyone already knows about, I don't feel like this is a spoiler. I think it's even in one of the trailers. Everyone knows about ugly Sonic. Oh my God. <laughs> right? So good. How they got that to clear that and like not even just like oh an appearance but the way they worked him into the story and he became like a actual supporting character all that stuff it's just so it was funny i watched this with anisa and who has never watched the cartoon knows like chippendale obviously is disney characters but like that's it never watched any of that so it doesn't have that attachment like i do i grew up with them so i have that me too and she was like i enjoyed that i don't even have to have seen the show they do such a good job of like filling you in on that. I love this movie. And as someone who's a fan of that and just saw all the fun takes they did on it and the meta humor in it, I had, I adored this. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if by the end of this year, it's going to be very hard for just the sheer enjoyment and entertainment value I got out of this. I laughed. There was heartwarming moments. There was It was so funny throughout uh, Sandberg. And Mulaney, oh my God, like all I want so is another good. one. I just yes. want another sequel to this, Me especially too. with how it ends and stuff like that. So, man, I could not rave more about this movie. It's so fun. It's so good, man. It was, it was just like in, incredibly nostalgic. It made me think of like Roger Rabbit and then you see him. And it's just like, um, it's just amazing. Like it's so well done. And it just, if you need to, throw something on to feel better. If you're having a bad day or something, this is definitely the film to do that. Yeah. It's great. Okay. So that's rescue Rangers, which, uh, I mean, I also thought it was cute. I thought John Mulaney and Adam Sandberg were a little weird in the voices, but uh, overall there was a lot of funny references and a lot of funny things about Hollywood and stuff like that. So it's good little meta movie. Uh, let's talk comics. All right, let's get into Hulk number seven. This is going to be our first comic of the weekend. Of course, this uh, continues the Banner versus Thor saga that we've we've been following. And uh, Matt, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for keeping us on this. I just want to say that I'm so glad we're reading this. Yes, I look it when you find a book that gets everyone so excited. Like, how are you not going to like, that's gotta be a thing we talk about. Cause it's just so fun. And this one continues the sheer, just ludicrousness of Tony Stark having, by the way, spoilers incoming for all these comics, Tony having a celestial (laughs) (laughs) armor. And then the stuff like, you know, Hulk's skin is melting at different parts of this from like, 
the gamma radiation and it's just there's gods in people's minds and the hammers possessed and the, it's just so if you laid all this out on a page i don't know how you would go like what the hell is this like what <laughs> how are we going to make this a cohesive story and actually hit real beats and moments here and they do it was it's incredibly impressive and then we get to the end and they've done such a good job at each of these of hooking you for that next issue and that big reveal. And like, yes, you can assume with, with Hulk stuff that like, it's kind of like, you know, symbiote stuff. Like, you know, everyone's going to get a symbiote. Well, this one, you might assume like, Oh, everyone's going to become a Hulk. But I thought they did such a good job of, of working that into the plot that I didn't actually, when it, when it hit, I didn't notice it. I was like, oh, I was just as thrilled as I would have been at the beginning of the issue if I'd assumed stuff. So I love this for just how fun and bombastic it is. This is what these kind of events should be, like these kind of A versus X things and that kind of nature. It should be like this. And so this is, a for me, a blueprint uh, for kind of moving forward for how these kinds of stories should go. So I know Judgment Day is coming. So hopefully, you know, that can... That can be as fun as this, not even as fun, but just as compelling, because I think this does a really good job. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'm just like so happy to be like learning different sides of the Hulk and Thor, because I don't have that base background in comics, like reading their stories. Like, of course, I'm going to read Doctor Strange comics. And right. we do read a lot of Spider-Man and, you know, different. It's just really nice to have these characters that I know so well from the MCU. And I think I have this grasp on them. And I know all these details. And then I'm now getting it in comics. And it just feels so good and refreshing to see them in comics and like doing their own thing separate from all of the Avengers sort of. Uh, and this is just really, really crazy to look at. Like, I feel that this would be so good in book form because we're reading it digitally, but like to hold it in your hands and be able to see the layout on the page, like, yeah. I feel like that would just be like, oh, spectacular because sure. it's so detailed. I think I'm starting to kind of realize my favorite styles of art is like the super detailed, punchy colors, like. And that's really fun for me because diversifying what we read like helps me kind of figure out what I like. And so this is definitely something that I am loving, loving. That's awesome. Yeah. Kobe. I think, I mean, yeah, this is, it's, I, I've said it from the beginning. I mean, we, well, there's no shortage of love here for Donny Cates. We followed his entire kind of ladder venom run and, King in Black and all that stuff. And I mean, just like Venom Beyond and stories like that. And so, you know, he can just play with things that people try to save up. And it, it's just kind of crazy that we went from a story where we went to a planet where everybody was Hulks to him doubling back down and just creating yet another hero into a Hulk, but still pulls it off in a way that feels really well earned and exciting for, you know, the next issue, like you said. So, um, yeah, if you can go back to the same, you can do whatever you want when you're right, as long as you can execute, which is mm -hmm. something in the comments I was talking about with, um, you know, Obi-Wan and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And when you're writing a story, as long as you can execute it and Donnie Cates can execute it, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how many times it repeats himself or, you know, uses the same ideas and he can make them fun and fresh. Also, because he gets the characters like he gets Stark and you feel like this is a fight between Thor, you know, Stark and Hulk on a on a just cranked up to a crazy level because it's <laughs> yep. in space and mad and Hulk <laughs> is going to a, a point where everybody's kind of maxing out powers in a point they've we've never seen before. It's all over the top with celestial fire and, you know, gamma <laughs> explosions, like you said. Um, but it's still grounded in character work that feels very much like Hulk, Thor and Iron Man that we know and, and love. And some there's just funny lines in there and kind of the mechanics of these battles are just crazy. Like, you know, like you said, the exploding gamma bomb as a solution is Hulk goes off so hard that he literally just creates another gamma, like an even bigger gamma event is nuts. Um, great addition to the Hulk as a threat, you know, yeah. like that he's a living bomb. And yeah, like you said, just, I mean, like everybody just said, like it's, it's simplistic enough and it's straightforward thing. It's Hulk versus Thor, 
but we've started layering in all these complications and crazy things, but it, it still works because again, no matter how crazy it gets, the through line is very solid. The premise is simple enough to keep up with and it works. So this is one of the, I mean, these Marvel kind of versus battle things can be so cheap and gimmicky, but this one has been just an exercise of great character and idea. So I'm all about it. Yeah, no, uh, all the all hands on deck there. So that's uh, that's a win. And then let's move into the second book. By the way, we did not do a poll this week. There was so much, and yeah, we got too much content. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't do a poll, but we'll do one More next content. week. Um, so moving into the next book, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number three. Uh, no secret, another series that Matt is very hyped about. <laughs> I adore this universe. Moving into issue three. Sean Murphy's artwork, just my my lord. I just love the the aesthetic and just look of this universe. But also in this, we actually get they have done so much with the joke with not even the Joker, sorry, with Jack. They've done so much with this Jack in Bruce's head dynamic, and it's it's become you know these things can just be a cheap way to put a character, fit a character into a book that they really aren't supposed to be in. <laughs> and just so you can say they have the character in. And it doesn't feel like that here for me anyway. It feels there's this genuine kind of, it starts out as animosity and then it grows to kind of begrudgingly, you know, accepting support and help from Jack sometimes because he's in Bruce's and he can do things that Bruce can't. But with Harley Quinn in the mix, it just makes it all work. And finding out that they were married, and then now you have all this conflict because, of course, it's Bruce. So, like, Bruce has issues with family in general and, and relationships. So, you have all this. And then you have Jack in his head who is like, oh, you were married to the love of my life. Okay, that's a thing I have to process. And so, his whole processing thing as this whole overarching story with the Beyond suit and Bruce trying to, like, come up with this suit that's not Batman but is <laughs> And then you have all these side plots moving like Barbara Gordon and the GCPD and like the forming of a new Robin, which again, there's just so much stuff here and it all works together, at least so far. It's, it really feels like it's complementary pieces and we're, we're building to something fun. Um, my only thing is always kind of like Terry is probably the least developed character in this series so far. But again, we're only a couple issues in that will change. But I just would be like, I do want a little more focus on him at some point in time, but the Bruce stuff has just been so good that I don't care. <laughs> it's just fun. So I love this series. I'm still loving this series, but what do you guys think? I mean, it's interesting as it becomes a bigger world. Um, be, yeah. I mean, we started with such a simple white, you know, white knight premise and now it's becoming an ongoing serialized world uh, with more, with good character complications. But um, I think you're right about Terry McGinnis being the least interesting part of this in the Batman beyond suit, which is ironic, but the other stuff has been built up so well that it is. If you're a fan who's been invested in these various chapters of the white Knight universe, like this is very entertaining, like watching Bruce argue with Jack in his head while Harley Quinn is like, what, what is happening here? Like is, is in and of itself just an entertaining Batman story. Um, and is probably the gold of this whole issue yeah. is in just how, and it highlights in a weird way, how well Batman and Joker kind of know each other and, you know, can push each other's buttons and especially Jack pushing his Bruce's buttons, which is hilarious. So, I mean, it all works like that, but, uh, yeah, the actual Batman beyond of it all <laughs> hasn't really kicked into gear yet, but, uh, I feel like we're headed that way. I mean, Batman's putting on a cool new suit. I mean, they're expanding on the idea because they do in white Knight. It's not just a Batman, you know, beyond redo. And I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I've said before, I'm a little burned out on Batman and I do sometimes get a little lost between the different Batman storylines. I get yeah. kind of confused of where we are. Like I could not for the life of me, remember what happened before this leading up to this at all. So I was a little lost at times. I'm thinking when I see like, Beyond the White Knight, for whatever reason, I'm thinking of when, like, like the the Knights of the Round Table type Batman that we were reading, <laughs> oh, whatever that was. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, I remember. I, it's it's kind of it's a uh, lot. Um, Knights of Steel. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so, anyways, it took me a minute <laughs> to realize what was happening and to kind of like call back what we had. 
read previously, but once I did, I really got into it. And like you said, the artwork alone speaks for itself. It is so like engaging. Like you just kind of want to sit there on each page and just look at how each character is drawn. I mean, Harley is like, I love her. And it's just, it's in, it's interesting. It's a different take. And I, at least it is something different. If it's going to be Batman, give me something different, show me a different side, put a twist on it, and then I won't complain. So I, I'm satisfied with this one for sure. Agreed. And also I should mention uh, Dave Stewart also just doing a magnificent job. Also the first appearance of Pattinson's The Batman Batmobile in the uh, White Knight universe makes a, oh makes gosh, a, makes a pop in here. Did we spin that out into an article? Because I was wondering about <laughs> No, that. we're going to do it from this video. <laughs> yeah. so, All right. this video. so there you go. Um, so yeah, so that's a big shout out. Uh, real quick, just quick recommends for other stuff uh, throughout the week. Moon Knight number 11. Again, this is another series that is just continuously hitting a very high bar for Marvel and Moon Knight. This is, they're making this villain, this new villain into a real threat, but it's a lot of the just dialogue stuff, the in-between things with Moon Knight talking, it's just what's so great about this book. And it's also another one that is just beautiful. This book is stunning in so many ways. Also Radiant Red, if you're not reading the Radiant Universe, which is Radiant Black, Radiant Red uh, will soon include another series and then also has Rogue Sun. There's just this huge uh, collection of great books. They're all awesome. They all take place in the same world. And Radiant Red is just such a fun kind of Ocean's Eleven vibe to things because they're doing this big heist and you're relating to the character because of why they're involved in it. And then it has these absurd, big, larger than life powers. Definitely recommend. So that would be uh, that would be comics. And I think uh, we're moving into the last segment of the show, which is wrestling. <laughs> well, gonna we're going to do some, well, actually not to steal your thunder, but we're going to do some uh, mentions and wrestling is one of them. I'm just going to get mine out of the way and you can then take the floor and go full in. Cool. So only thing I'm going to say is, uh, you know, we had Chris Killian on last week. He just saw Top Gun early for us and went to the junket and met Tom Cruise and all that. I had a chance to see Top Gun early this week in IMAX event. And uh, guys, I'm going to go out here and say this because I rewatched the original Top Gun, which is still a classic, no doubt. But Tony Scott simply could not do with cameras in film what mm. they can with Joseph Kaczynski and Tom Cruise's, you know, questionable hold on life, love and behind love, you know, can do in a modern way with real F-18s and stuff. And so cinematically speaking, Top Gun Maverick is better than Top Gun. Like the plane sequences are crazier, looks better. I mean, nobody's going to ever touch that soundtrack or that 80s, you know, nostalgic feel. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is also really good. And it's a really weirdly and it was made before the pandemic, but it functions even better now as this kind of metaphor for Tom Cruise looking back at his career and realizing like he's getting older. This is all kind of he's in the last slope. And there's a very Top Gun is very heavy about making you realize like these icons in your life aren't going to be here forever. And, you know, we probably don't even have that much longer with them left. And these times are a changing and the old guard is fading. And there's some pretty heavy stuff about that in here, but uh, see it in IMAX because just the filmmaking Tom Cruise, I mean, nobody makes movies like this man. This, the aerial sequences are so thrilling, so well shot and they are done in IMAX in the feel of it, the look of it, the sound of it. Like this is the like what screw all these Marvel movies. Like this is the thing that made me want to get in the theater and, and feel some magic. Like it's great. And they didn't mess with a lot of the soundtrack. So it's great. And there's a lot of beats that are the same. So why not? Top Gun. Good stuff. All right. My other thing is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We have been criminally sleeping on Strange New Worlds in this podcast um, only because there's been a lot going on with Halo. It came in with a lot of other stuff. But uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is that noise. It is so good. It is the first real kind of cla- like full-on successor to original Star Trek, I think, since Next Generation. Um, don't, not, to, not to crap on Deep Space Nine, Voyager Enterprise, or any of that stuff, but uh, this is, has that real sweet spot, like the original series, like Next Generation. Strange New Worlds is just the basic Star, Wars, Star Trek formula done really well. You know, the exploration, the sci-fi parables, the individual sci-fi episodes that challenge a crew of people to work together. The characters they have on this show, um, the classic ones, or just like Mbanga and the new Doctor uh, Jess Bush is the two doctors. Like the whole cast, the ensemble's great. 
the sci-fi writing and just simply like going back to the Star Trek foundation of these kind of isolated, you know, sci-fi episodes that are also metaphors and parables about modern time or the times we're living in all great. Check that thing out. Paramount plus looks great. Cast great. Episodes are well done. It, Even if you don't have a background in it, you'll enjoy it. I did. I'm yeah, so you glad yeah, you had me not, watch it. I yeah, didn't. I, mean, I don't know anything Star alone. Trek. Yeah, it's yeah. You don't have to. This is the beginning. Like uh, they're so great. I mean, you could go into Discovery and time travel if you want, or you could just watch this and and know that this is who the Enterprise was before you know James T. Kirk took over. Um, and this is where we're headed, like to you know Captain Kirk taking over one day. I mean, but uh, yeah, it's a great place episode. to jump on. So good. Yep. So yeah, you can jump on if you're a new Star Trek person and this will make you like Star Trek. If you've been watching things like Foundation, The Expanse in recent years, this is a good time to switch over and see why people got into Star Trek. So, hmm. all right, that's it. Do Star Trek, to, Top Gun, mm -hmm. all of this stuff you can find in the excellent, excellent Paramount Plus. Matt, take us into the world of wrestling. All right. So yeah, we have uh, Double or Nothing from AEW coming this weekend. And so there's some big, this is actually a pretty loaded card for I mean, just for any wrestling pay-per-view. So there are a lot of things that will probably come out of this. You can follow all of our coverage on the event, of course, right here on comicbook.com. But we're going to start with uh, Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk, because obviously that is for the AEW World Championship. And the question has come up, Does is it time for AEW to put the title, or any title really, on CM Punk? It's one of the biggest acquisitions. Obviously, we all understand why but you know it was such a big return to wrestling after so many years came in with such fervor sold a lot of stuff <laughs> so is it time and for me that answer is no only because it was such a one of one of AEW's longest running storylines was to get hangman to this point in being champion and so it's still to me a little too early in that reign to then have punk take over punk i feel like will un will undoubtedly become a champion in AEW at some point in time. I just don't think it's quite time to do that right now. I feel like that would maybe do a disservice to Hangman. But if we tell a story, like a bigger story later on with them, cool, I'm down for it. Also, there was some bad news that uh, recent reports came out that Kenny Omega is not going to be there for the event. He is, of course, recovering from an injury. And some were hopeful that maybe he would either make an appearance or even, you know, make a return to the ring that does not seem likely from other reports it seems like that is quite a bit of ways off so it probably is not going to happen for the big new japan pro wrestling crossover event forbidden door later on either um one of the other the biggest i would say one of the things i'm looking most forward to and most people are is the mjf versus wardlow payoff match we've been waiting for this for so long three years they've been telling this story and finally the enforcer has turned and rebelled on his tyrant boss. And now they're actually going to have a match one-on-one. -on -one, and I have become a complete Wardlow Mark. <laughs> I love that. I love that dude. Uh, it's, it's awesome. So I just, I'm hyped for this. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's going to be fun. And I can't wait for it. It'll be one of the biggest story points of the, of the night. Uh, the other big thing would be house of black has been a little disappointing for set for having such powerhouse members in it. And for being an immediately like, oh, I can recognize them. They have a look. They have everything. They just haven't like they haven't hit that next gear. They're going to have a match at the pay-per-view against Death Triangle. And to me, they should like tear the house down. Like that should be a match we leave from here going like, oh, that that's like one of their like trademark matches going forward. It should they should bring the house down because the talent is in there to do so. We'll see. You know, I don't know how like as far as story it's going to play out, but. It should be great. Also, last thing but not least is Hookhausen, which is the <laughs> the amazing tag team of Hook, uh, the biggest thing in AEW wrestling right now, and Danhausen, the most amazing thing in wrestling right now. <laughs> and they're going to be a tag team, and it's going to be awesome. And I don't honestly even care about the like match itself or who wins. They're just going to be so entertaining. It's going to be great. So lots of lots of stuff to look forward to. No rumors or anything of like big returns or a big debut or anything like that. We are also going to get the Owen Hart Foundation tournament winners in this. So we're going to have one for the men and the women's uh, men's. It's looking like it's going to be Samoa Joe. And I'm blanking on who is going against him. <laughs> Why am I blanking on that? It's Samoa Joe versus 
Oh my God. Someone in the comments, tell me why am I blanking on this? I can't remember who Samoa Joe is going. <laughs> and then on the women's side, it's going to be uh, Britt Baker right now. It's going to be Britt Baker versus the winner of tonight's match. And that is between Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho. I would guess that it would be Soho would probably win this and then take the win at because I just think like they haven't used her enough and this is a good way to kind of move her back into the spotlight and Statlander will get her time at some other point. Uh, but yeah, that's uh thank you. Adam Cole versus Joe. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so yes, uh, I was like, I don't know why I was blanking on that. Uh, I think Cole will take that because Joe is already the ROH champion. So it kind of, if you're going to push Adam Cole in a direction of not the title, but you want him to like have some momentum. I think this is a good way to do that. So there you go. So that would be, that would be my picks. But of course you can check all of our coverage right here on comicbook.com throughout Sunday night. That's wrestling. This is what happens when we let you out without Connor. What I do? Can't, even, can't remember who finding Samoa Joe. I did no. all of that. And the one match I, I didn't understand. I half of what you said. It's okay. Don't worry. Matt, you did great. Jesus, I didn't understand man. half of what you said. Also, Matt, while forgetting Samoa Joe, is also forgetting all of you. We wanted to mention that. I think we're going to try to set up a fan hangout soon where we can get all our Comic Book Nation fans together and hang out with you guys. It'll be like one of those weird AMAs or something, or we'll just do a video and hang out and we'll get to talk behind the scenes and get more interactive with you guys. Talk about the things you guys want to talk about. Talk about the subjects. I mean, to a point. I'm not going off the deep end. But oh, my idea. You so said then you yeah. sold. Then you sold my idea at the at the end of it. I ma- I made sure I didn't get Samoa Joe. I made sure that I got. <laughs> I remember Samoa Joe. I didn't remember Adam Cole. <laughs> We're about to sign off now. So, fan hangout. We're going to set that up. Otherwise, this is Comic Book Nation, where your one stop shop for all things geek culture and the all and the official podcast of ComicBook.com. You can always find our work over on ComicBook.com and all of the various channels we cover marvel dc star wars star trek anime wrestling gaming in real life all the good stuff so be sure to check out comicbook.com as for comic book nation subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms we're on all of them you can watch us live stream or replay on youtube twitch and facebook and you can catch us streaming sundays on paramount plus on the et live channel and when we weren't there last week i don't know are we still there we'll find out this week <laughs> Stay tuned. So if not, well, I guess we can stop plugging that. All right. So if we see you guys next week, this is Comic Book Nation and we'll be back. Peace. Bye, guys.